This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Kirsten Longbottom, and we are joined by EPFR's resident economist, Cameron Brandt. We'll walk you through what our teams were monitoring last week in the data EPFR tracks, as well as what we'll look for in the upcoming weeks. Cam, good morning. Good morning, Kirsten. Looking forward to to the weekend? I am. I've been dating myself by buying boxes of paper Christmas cards. So mm, Very good. Well, last week we spoke a lot about inflation. Were investors still seeking protection there? Yes, they were um, seeking protection, but uh, being less aggressive about some of the other routes, such as loading up on assets that might yield more than the rate of inflation. Between uh, inflation-protected bond funds and uh, bank loan funds and cryptocurrency funds, uh, they took in around $3 billion between them. But uh, flows into high-yield funds were only a quarter of last week's total, and emerging markets bond funds actually saw outflows. In the latest week, um, a spike in natural gas prices caused many investors to make investment decisions based on the supply chain issues. Which countries are being most affected there? Well, you're certainly right. It's not a new issue. But as anyone who's listened to our podcasts regularly knows, uh, we're watching sort of rotating carousel of, of issues that make investors uncomfortable. And uh, during the latest week, I think uh, the, the supply chain issue definitely sort of bubbled up to the top. You could argue it shared the top billing uh, with COVID and uh, inflation. Um, I mean, t- two areas we saw it. Uh, we saw it in, in regards to Japan. Japan equity funds had uh, significant outflows. Uh, and those came during a week when the uh, third quarter GDP data came in. Uh, with a much bigger decline than than most people were anticipating. Um, And the narrative from both the government and corporations was that the supply chain issues had really uh, hit them quite hard. Um, You know, not surprising given that Japan is a taker of supply chains uh, and uh, is vulnerable uh, certainly to... Um, the shipping uh, issues because of its uh, you know, big export uh, sector. Uh, the second area where we saw it was uh, in regards to Europe, uh, a slightly more brass knuckles version there with uh, Russia's latest moves, uh, highlighting the fact that uh, Europe's energy supply chain uh, is very vulnerable uh, to uh, Russian geopolitical ambitions. Uh, those ambitions include uh, further clipping the Ukraine's wings and um, getting the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline um, certified and in operation. You know, while we're on the subject of Europe, um, the uh, the supply chain issues were uh, shared top billing with a couple of other 
developments that are starting to sort of worry investors. One is the unexpectedly strong resurgence of COVID uh, moving from uh, the EU's eastern flank uh, towards the center um, and the latest rumbles uh, over trade between the EU and uh, the Brexited UK. So with the start of Hanukkah only a week away and Christmas only five weeks away, um, are consumers worried about all the supply chain issues? Worried might be the wrong uh, way to put it. but they're certainly aware that uh, goods are, are flying off the shelf, uh, and if they don't move early, um, a couple of things are likely to happen. Uh, either the item they're interested in won't be there, uh, or, or if it is, the price will <laughs> have gone up. Um, Consumers certainly in the U.S. and I think to a lesser degree Europe are, are in a position to buy even at the higher prices, um, employment prospects are good. There's been a lot of government money flying around. But on the other hand, it it's, uh, in some ways, I think, poses a further challenge to uh, certainly the Fed in that just the process of sort of pulling together Christmas is is bringing home in a very tangible way to millions of Americas that, uh, Americans that uh, inflation is very real can still have a lengthy argument on, you know, whether it's going to stay at these much higher levels, if so, for how long. But I think uh, it's going to certainly complicate the selling of the transitory narrative going into 2022. Are investors focusing on China? Which of the other emerging markets are falling behind if they are? Certainly, once again, it was China equity funds that dominated the uh, sort of overall flows into all the emerging markets equity funds that we track. And actually, China bond funds were again attracting at least a little bit of money despite the ongoing Evergrande uh, issue. Um, What we are seeing with China is that uh, the retail investors who were the big driving force uh, late last year into this year, they have gone AWOL uh, and it's becoming increasingly uh, driven by institutional flows. you know, certainly they see themselves as the smarter money. Um, and we have been sort of drilling down a bit recently um, to sort of see what themes those institutional investors are pursuing. They include sort of smart cities type business groupings and also, interestingly enough, um, mobility, which given China's ferocious lockdown is is an interesting one. But so, yeah, there is definitely, definitely on the institutional side, the professionals think that what happened earlier this year was a bit of an air pocket. Uh, it was, you know, if you've been studying the market, it wasn't like uh, the, the the Chinese government hadn't signaled its intentions. Since that, the government is even more firmly in control and has a vested interest in having the economy work well, that we're fast approaching the point where there'll be more uh, care and feeding rather than whacking and ordering. Um, so they're positioning themselves for what they see as a pretty predictable rebound. 
uh, as, as in so many cases, uh, debatable. But um, getting the second part of, of what you raised, yes, we, uh, with China back again, front and center, we have seen less interest uh, in, uh, in, in uh, Korea and India equity funds. In the Global Navigator, you briefly touched on frontier markets. What are they and why are they seeing money flow in? Well, frontier markets are sort of the riskiest trend for all emerging markets universe. Uh, So, you know, there there are places like Zambia and Bolivia and Bangladesh. Uh, Vietnam is the star of that particular show. Uh, its promotion out of that class into full emerging markets, I think, is only a, a matter of time. Their attraction is that, in some senses, they're you know untapped gold. That they they're only just getting on the the higher growth path, uh, and if you can stomach the risk, you're liable to see some pretty exciting headline GDP numbers. That's certainly been true of Vietnam for some time. Though they do sort of serve as something of kind of a a barometer for risk appetite. Interestingly, they're increasingly sort of almost being viewed almost as uh, the same way hedge funds are, you know, don't get into them unless you can stand to lose a bit of money. They do attract, you know, especially in this stage of the rebound, you know, attract money, um, even though the risks haven't gone away and arguably may have increased in some cases. But for sort of a, a, a big institutional or private investor, uh, you know, it's a worthwhile gamble to have a, a small allocation to this particular asset class. Okay. And I know we briefly talked about COVID um, in Europe experiencing rising caseloads. Is this affecting any other countries and how is this affecting fund flows? It's affecting fund flows in that uh, it's it's uh, adding to the ample supply of chilly breezes blowing over uh, Europe equity funds as they try and sell themselves uh, to investors. Um, I don't think it'll have that much of a bearing on other countries in terms of their COVID management, um, but it does mean, uh, say, for for um, the smaller uh, Asian markets and the Club Med countries, that the flow of tourists is going to, again, be disrupted. You know, there's always a risk when the uh, infection rates are high that uh, that will generate the next variant. So definitely alarming. Um, It also adds to the sort of broad pressure on the overall cohesion of the EU and the Eurozone at a time when Russia through Belarus is, is sort of testing it quite aggressively. So um, it's not likely to help consumer confidence in that region, uh, and is definitely you know another small cut in the uh, hide of the global recovery. Great. Well, thank you, Cam. Not at all. Uh, we'll we'll resume battle next week. Sounds great. Bye. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.com slash podcast.